0: Good morning, and welcome to Milwaukee Mennonites' Monday Morning Devotionals, an opportunity for the Milwaukee Mennonite Church family and friends of the community to share their ideas to help us focus our thoughts and to listen for God's work in our lives and in the world around us. Today, we continue our winter series, Our Bodies and Our Creator, by hearing from Chris Gooding.
1: When I was in India working on my dissertation, I shadowed a social worker named Saul as he made house calls in the village's several hours drive from Chennai. Saul was checking up on the families his organization had helped get out of bonded labor, uh, seeing what their aftercare needs were. There's a pretty vast difference in India between what it's like living in the cities, where you can find pretty much any major amenity that you could find in Milwaukee, Uh, and living in the villages where there is a lot less infrastructure. In this case, it meant that when Saul and his team visited people's homes, we were entering into these uh, thatched roof huts with dirt floors. Uh, On one particular visit where I was shadowing Saul, uh, Saul asked to see the children of the household, and this young boy came down and sat next to him on the dirt floor of the house. Saul reached out and he asked the boy to put his hand in Saul's hand. The boy did so. And immediately what Saul did is he started rubbing the boy's hand. Uh, It seemed kind of like an odd gesture, but I knew immediately what Saul was doing. See, most survivors of bonded labor in South India are bonded as a family unit. And when they come out of bonded labor, they're just dirt poor. And so it's very tempting for them to have an all-hands-on-deck sort of attitude. Everyone in the household is out working someone else's field for the sake of their economic survival, including the kids in the household. And that's understandable, but without a decent education, the kids in the household are simply going to continue to occupy the same easily exploitable social standing that their parents currently do. And so it creates this this sort of cycle of exploitation, generation after generation, if you don't provide education for these households. And everybody involved in this scenario knew this. Saul, as the social worker, understood this. The family understood this. And so it created this sort of uncomfortable situation where the parents know they should be sending their kids to school, the, the same schools that the social workers arranged for their kids to go to, but they might ask their kids to drop out of that school so that their kids can work in the fields with the rest of the family so that they can just get by. And that situation that that sort of economic compulsion on this family set up this weird and awkward dance when the social workers come to visit. You know, you can ask if the kids are in school and the families are tempted to say yes, even if they just ask the kids to drop out and work in the fields with them. So, When Saul came in and he sat down and he asked this boy to put his hand in his hand and he rubbed that boy's hand, Saul was trying to avoid that uncomfortable dance, Um, that uncomfortable situation where the families are tempted by their economic circumstances to lie to Saul. He was trying to assess whether the the boy's hands were soft when he was rubbing his hands, indicating that he had been hitting the books day after day if his hands were soft. Or if his hands were coarse, that would mean that his, he had been working in the fields day after day. Uh, it turns out the, ha- the boy's hands were soft. He'd, he'd been studying. Saul's gesture reminded me how much our labor disciplines our bodies. It forms our habits, it shapes our outlooks on life, and it even molds our bodies into one form or another. It gives us what you might call scholars' hands, or it gives us field workers' hands, as you know Saul was trying to assess in this, this boy's situation. This is why it isn't surprising that the Bible talks so much about labor when it talks about creation. In fact, the first creation story in Genesis is entirely about labor. God does one major work on each of the six days of creation, and then God rests on the seventh. This also means that the crowning achievement of God's creation in the first creation story is rest. It's a Sabbath creation story meant to explain why it is that Jews are to set aside one day out of a seven-day week entirely for rest. They do that because it's what God did in creating the world. It also gestures to the idea that one of the primary ways human beings try to thwart God's purposes in creation is by overworking and exploiting the labor of other people. Human beings need regular periods of rest and leisure. We're not created to function as machines. Given the fact that Christians don't observe the Sabbath in the same way Jews do, you might think that the Bible's focus on the Sabbath might not have much impact on Christian readers. But nothing could be further from the truth. Christian labor organizers in the 19th century relied very heavily on the Bible's teachings about the Sabbath in fighting for a five-day, 40-hour workweek. And many Christian socialists, both then and now, have actually been fighting for an even shorter work week due to the fact that truly democratic participation in our communities requires a decent amount of leisure time. It's a sad thing that many modern Christian groups ignore the Bible's insights on the need for rest, because most human beings in history have found their labor to be exploited to some degree or another, some to a greater degree and some to a lesser degree. In fact, workers in a capitalist system find exploitation to be simply a fact of life. And that exploitation makes our work unfulfilling and unfruitful. It tires us out, it breaks us down, and it prevents us from being present in the world for just causes. When I was more regularly a part of MICA, and specifically Rock, Wisconsin, its anti-mass incarceration wing, I was almost always the youngest person in the room. A significant amount of Micah's most active membership is retired, and there's a reason for that. It's because most individuals who work for a living don't have the leisure time to be involved in, in the same way in which those retirees were. It shouldn't be that way. There's a lot more I could say about creation and work, and I hope to get a chance to explore the topic more in the future. But for now, I'll leave you with this. How do you find that your work disciplines you, forms your body, forms your habits, forms your outlook on the world? How do you find the work that you do disciplining the people around you? And where do you see the dangers of exploitation arising, either in your work or in the work of others around you?
0: Thank you, Chris. If you have a devotional to share with us, a thought, a poem, a song, whatever you think would be helpful for us to briefly hear on a Monday morning. Please, let me know. We'd love to hear from you. And now, a blessing as you go. We live in a world obsessed with money and power, a world where your body is a commodity. I pray that you remember that your body was created to do and be many things. Your body is amazing. Your body is wonderful and beautiful. Yes, your body was meant for working, but it was also meant for resting and for playing and for learning. Your body is a gift just as you are a gift. And the gifts of your body can serve as an example of the gifts of our Creator. May you remember that. May you know that. And may you see that in those around you as well. Amen. Milwaukee Mennonite's Monday Morning Devotional was created for Milwaukee Mennonite Church. Thanks again to Chris for sharing this week, and to Connie Johnson-Evers for the intro music from her hymn, More Than You Know, and David Stolpe for the outro music from his piece, Threshold. And thank you for listening. Blessings to you and yours this week.